Hey guys, joining me today is transformation coach, speaker, trainer, and co-host of the Men on Form podcast, Michael Hilton. Michael has spent the last 10 years helping people from all walks of life, from business owners, entrepreneurs, athletes, to reconnect with their authentic selves and live a life of freedom, purpose, and fulfillment. Michael's purpose and vision is to help men to stop numbing and sedating their lives and start stepping into their true power as fathers, husbands, and leaders of their own lives. Michael, welcome to the show. Hi, my friend. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's great to have you. I'm looking forward to diving in deep in the most common struggles and challenges that men in our day and age face. But before we do, please take a minute, fill in the gaps from that intro and tell us how did you get started on your journey? Because I know that the reason why you're doing this amazing work helping men has to do with your own inner battles. So my journey started off just a little bit short of 12 years. It's just coming up to 12 years and it's quite well known among my friends that I had a problem with alcohol and drugs and I was an alcoholic and I kind of went through a childhood. I was listening to one of your podcasts earlier. I was listening to the part of like, I went through my childhood without a father. Not that that had anything to do with my addiction, but I went through that. I didn't have any direction. I kind of went in this direction. I was drinking. I was using a lot of drugs and by a young age, I was in a lot of trouble with this. I just felt so so disconnected from people myself and as this kind of went on through my life it escalated and got worse and worse and worse and as a side of that the consequences started getting worse in my life and I started resulting in stealing money I started resulting in you know doing a lot of stuff that wasn't of my highest thinking and the highest good of my life at the time you know and it just took me to a dark place in my life and I kind of got to a point where I still remember this day really well that I, I just got to this point where I'd had enough. I'd really had enough of being sick and tired of being sick and tired. I remember just, I was at my mum's. I was living with someone, but I went back to my mum's. I'd been drinking. Nothing extraordinary, really. You know, I guess it was just one of those moments of clarity and insight that I now can put a name to it. And I was just there and I kind of felt in that moment, because I've never really inspired to anything. I never inspired to anything in my life. Nothing. I was just wasn't inspired by anything. I drunk. I took drugs. I went to work. I took drugs. I drunk. I womanized. And that was it. I'd say that's the only thing I inspired to do in my life. And I had a moment of clarity where it just kind of shifted. Something shifted for me. And I just see something more than where I was currently at in my life and what could potentially be possible for me. And it was just very small, a very small glimmer of hope. And I went to recovery because I was really struggling with drink and drugs. And I see some kind of hope there. And it took me on a journey. That's where my journey started. That's what got me to a point. And that was just coming up short of 12 years ago. So you were feeling this general lack of a purpose and you didn't have powerful male figures to guide you in your life. And without a particular issue or tragedy or a very dark point that you can actually pinpoint in your history, you felt that you've drifted away. Yep. For as long as I can remember, there were just felt this disconnect inside me. I just felt so different to everyone else. I really did. And I kind of understand that a little bit more now that that was just my own thinking that was creating that. But I couldn't read. I couldn't write. So I used to really beat myself up about that. I didn't really feel like I ever fitted in with anyone until I drank. And when I drank, it gave me this sense of meaning and purpose in my life. Like I was able to connect with people a lot more and it made me feel kind of whole inside. But 
it took me on this journey over life and it become a habit for me. So anytime there was a struggle or a problem in my life, I would turn to some kind of substance or something outside of myself to try and change the way I felt about myself because I felt like there was something missing inside me. I honestly believed that there was something yeah. wrong with me and I was very a special little snowflake, as you hear it called quite a lot and I thought there was something not quite there and I blamed it on many things I blamed it on not having a dad I blamed it on where I was born I, I just pretty much could not see any kind of responsibility for myself and was just always pointing the finger out and blaming everyone else and everything else as to why I drunk and, and why I got into this state and the world really owed me a living please share a little bit about the way alcohol and drugs impacted your life your relationships with women with your family maybe your work relationships please share a little bit about that well as time went on it escalated the drinking escalated my behavior got worse i kind of see women as objects for me to get what i wanted out of life i didn't see them as anything else It's quite a shallow way of looking at it. But at the time, that was my best level of thinking around this. And it was kind of, I was drinking and I started stealing money to get drink. My work, I was missing work. I, lucky enough, I kind of put myself in an environment with a lot of other people that drunk like me or had problems. So it wasn't kind of something that was flagged up a lot. If I only done three days a week, four days a week, there wasn't much chance of me getting sacked from work. I would probably get shouted at, moaned at, but I would always get my job back, right? So I kind of found that safe environment for myself to allow that to happen, to drink, to miss work. And it was just having an impact. My drinking kind of got out of hand. By the age of 19, 20, I was bankrupt. I went bankrupt. I just got loads of credit and I just spent it all on drink and drugs. It was interesting at the time because when I got to this point where it was really affecting everything, I was like, right, I'm done. Right, I'm going to stop. And that's when I kind of really realized the problem was never the drink. Right, because when I actually stopped drinking, my life seemed to have got a hell of a lot worse. So I went back to drinking again because it kind of made what I call at the time, like the sound of a thousand chattering monkeys in my head, the time of feeling this disease in my life. It really made sense that if I drink this stuff, I didn't feel that way, which was a lot of misunderstanding. I truly admire you for your power and courage to change all of that, especially taking into account that you had this environment, even at your workplace, that actually helped you maintain all these toxic habits. So I can imagine that you need a tremendous willpower. I want to ask you to talk a little bit about tapping into this inner power, tapping into your willpower. I mean, I do believe that our will is a endless resource, but I think that it's very difficult to tap into. What is your secret? What helped you create this transformation in your life? Well, for large parts of my life, I would look at other people and just think that they've got something I've not. And there just come that point where it just become enough. I just see that glimmer of hope. But there's more to life than this, right? And, and I wanted to take a stand for something different in my life. That I don't know why. I don't know where it come from. But I just did. And I ended up getting myself up off the floor. I, I just felt down. I got myself up off the floor. And I went to recovery. That really helped me because I hadn't been happy for as long as I could remember. And I see a place where there was a lot of people that were smiling and happy. And I can't remember the last time I really felt happy and fulfilled in my life. Everything was so negative in my life. It didn't matter what it was. It was so negative. But I see some hope in there. And I kind of say it's like the deflation of my, my ego. And just in that moment, my ego deflated like a balloon does in that moment where I just kind of see there was a message there or there was something there that could potentially help me. And there was people there that were happy. And without really knowing it then, but what I look back at now is I made a commitment to myself. 
like I had never made a commitment to anything. I had never followed through with anything. Anything I ever started, I would fall short. I would never complete anything. And I thought that that was something with me. But in that moment, I just said to myself, there's more to life than what I'm doing. I don't want to live the rest of my life like this because I'm really miserable. Suicidal thoughts were not a passing thought anymore. They started to become a thing of like trying to plan it. My mum caught me. I had a load of pills and I just broke down and was crying saying, I can't go on with this anymore. And I just see some hope in there. And now I look back on it, my friend, it was that commitment that I made to myself that I wasn't even aware of at the time. And I made a commitment that I wanted to change. I wanted a different life. I just knew there was something else out there for me. I understand that this environment that you found with those people who were happy, who were now surrounding you, were the thing that you needed to be able to create this in your own life, this happiness, this sense of purpose, this sense of direction. Again, I think this is truly inspiring. And I was wondering, how did you end up working in the men's space, coaching men, becoming a life coach in the first place? How did that happen? <laughs> Let's talk about some positive stuff now because I've put a bit of doom and gloom for the first half of me talking about all my tragedies. <laughs> but um... That's great. I mean, I'm sure that lots of guys listening out there can really relate with what you are saying. I'm sure of that because I know some of the messages that come in also in my Facebook group. So I know this is something that most guys relate with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool, man. So, so I read a book, right? It's bizarre because I was kind of in this space. I was in recovery and I got better. Things were good. And I read this book. I heard these people talking about this book and it was called Who Moved My Cheese? Have you ever read it? I don't know that one. Okay. It's very short because I couldn't read. So anything done with reading, I didn't really do it. But someone gave me this book and they just, look, they said it's written for children. I think it's, I think it's like 70 pages and it's a personal development book. It's about moving beyond your fears and getting stuck in your habitual behaviors and things like that. And I read this book and it opened my mind up. I was like, wow, like, what is this all about? I read it and I see this word personal development. And then my journey took a complete turn. Even though at the time I'd been sober a few years, my life had got better. I was still quite a negative person. I didn't look at things. And it isn't about just having positive thoughts all the time. I'm not a believer in it, but I was very, everything was negative all the time. And, and this book kind of opened my mind up, just another shift, another level. And it kind of just very basic book and I couldn't put it down and I read it and I read it again and I read it again and then that led me on a journey to reading a lot more books then I kind of made this shift I left my job I become a personal trainer and I was helping people that way and then it got deeper deeper in and I started getting into Tony Robbins and all, all this stuff and it just this whole world opened up for me and I was like wow how powerful is this this is just such a powerful tool and so my life was improving but there was some point in that that I kind of really started believing my own hype and really got caught up in this mantra that I live by now. But I was in this space of do what I say, but don't do what I do. So I was reading a lot of books. I was talking a very good game to people, but I wasn't necessarily following through with it myself. I was living a life of lack of integrity, lack of honesty, and I wasn't being fully true to myself so I got into this space and people started coming to me for help and and I was building a business and I was earning good money I was with my girlfriend and then we got married and then we had our first baby and then coming part of this journey which now where this was about three and a half years ago all through my recovery where I was sober and that I had like an emotional roller coaster. I'd have two months where I was good, then I'd hit depression and then anxiety, and I was just kind of told, well, that's just normal. Once you overcome addiction, that's going to be in your life forever. And I was always something that challenged stuff, but 
this happened and it got to a point where I started experiencing suicidal thoughts again and I started avoiding my responsibilities as a father and a husband. I was out of the house early in the morning to my office and back very late. I wasn't making much money. Long story short, the business I had kind of went, it went under. And in my best wisdom at the time, I was like, we need to get away. I said to my wife, I need to get away. I'm feeling very suicidal. I'm feeling depressed. And I'm just really struggling. I'm struggling to deal with what it is to be a husband. I'm struggling to deal with what it is to be a father. I'm doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do as a father. So I was giving myself a hard time. So in all my wisdom, the best place that I could think of going when I was feeling suicidal was Devon Cliffs, right? So there's a lot of cliffs there. So easy for me if I wanted to commit suicide to jump off the cliffs. Not the best place to go to when you're feeling suicidal, but I wanted to be by a beach. So we went away and I kept going for walks and my wife was phoning to check if I was okay. And I was saying to her, you know, I feel suicidal, but I don't know if I'm going to commit suicide. I'm just feeling this way because there's something not right. But by this time, I started learning to ask myself more powerful questions. Instead of just saying, I don't know why I'm depressed. I don't know why I'm feeling like this. I started asking myself, what is going on for me? Why is this happening? And I had the most profound experience walking along the beach that completely shifted everything for me. And we hear this a lot in personal development, like it changed everything for me. It did. I'm not saying the next day that my life is drastically, amazingly better. But from that moment, my life has gradually got better and better and better as I've got this deeper understanding. <laughs> okay. And I was walking on the beach asking myself this question, why me? What's going on? Why am I feeling like this? And I just had this insight. And it said to me, Michael, the reason you're depressed is because you have the inability to accept reality for what it is. And it just blew me away. I was like, wow, where did I read this? So I went home, I was looking on Google. I've not read this anywhere. Where have I heard this? Has some other guru or someone else said it? I just picked up on it. But I've yet to even see it. And I kind of speak, talk about it. And when I put posts up and I say about it, I put my name under it because that was something that came to me. And it isn't a cure for depression for everyone. It's just something that made sense to me about the struggle I was at the time that shifted my perception. From that moment, I knew that there was work for me to do with other fellow struggling fathers and husbands. And I work with women too, but I knew there was something there for me to work with fathers and husbands that were going through the same thing. But on the outside, my life looked okay, but I was dying inside. The truth was I was in a very dark place then, you know? completely understand a single insight can completely change your life forever and I know we hear this a lot in personal growth exactly as you said but I've experienced something similar and I know it's true I know the power of the insight but I also know that it takes a little bit of time for everything to shift inside of you until that insight creates these new patterns everything has to realign so that takes a little bit of time no it makes perfect sense so what happened next after you had this insight you've decided to help guys who are struggling with their relationships with their children with being a man in general i imagine that this gave you a sense of purpose back then and i want to know in the present day if this is still working if you feel that you are on track if you feel that you can powerfully connect with men struggling with all these issues so where are you right now so just to backtrack a little bit, I wanted to be a coach. I didn't know what direction was going to go. I just kind of knew there was something with men, but I didn't know how it was going to unfold. So I kind of just bumbled along. And then I'd done the best thing I could have ever done is I got my own life coach. And I started working through this. Now, what my first life coach done for me, what really got me inspired about this stuff was he helped me to see a lot of misunderstandings I had. Now, 
when this shift happened, I was had this drive again. I was like, right, let's go. Let's do this. So I started reverting back to old behavior, like working long hours again. And then I would stop and then I would revert back. And I had this misunderstanding. Like I said to my wife, when I get busier and make more money, then I will spend more time with you and the baby. And what my first coach done is he created a space for me to explore this. But I had it back to front. If I can't create a relationship with my wife and my child first, that's foundations of everything for me, like leadership in my house with my wife and my son. I started building a business around the life that I wanted with my family. Because even though at the time that's what I really wanted, I didn't know how to articulate it. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know how to be a father. And my first coach really got me to see that. Now, what I'm seeing with a lot of guys that are coming to me, it's a similar sort of thing. They're having the similar struggles. Businessmen, entrepreneurs, guys that have stopped drinking are having a similar issues. If they did have a father in their life, they're following their father's footsteps, which is not showing a lot of affection to the kids and the wife. They're just out spending long hours working. And I recently had a guy that came to me that was struggling with drink and he was just literally getting up at five in the morning, working, coming home from work, getting his laptop out and working till about one, two o'clock in the morning. And he was struggling, struggling with connection to his wife and his kids. And I just see myself in that and I see a lot of men nowadays think that that's going to give us our validation outside ourselves is when I get this, then I will do this. Or when I get that, I will do this. When I get the car, when I get the money and when I get this, I get that. But when it happens, right, when you get it, then it's, well, I'm just going to go and get something else, right? I just go and get this other thing, right? I just go and get this other thing. And then before they know it, they're just lost. And they wonder why they're not with their wife. They're not having sex with their wife. They're not connecting with their kids. They're getting frustrated. They're sedating their lives with drink and drugs, porn, and all that kind of stuff that goes with it because they're just not fulfilled in their life because it's just a constant in my future, rushing into the future to get something to only find out that that's not the thing that's going to ever bring any kind of fulfillment, right? Did that answer your question okay? Yes, it does. But I want to go a little bit further still. And I know that you recently had a few episodes on life coaching. And I really like the question, what does life coaching actually mean or in the lines of that? And I want to ask you a little bit, you know, for the guys listening out there who are trying to understand how can people like us help them actually, because they can see that, okay, these guys aren't living on Mars or something. They are here on Earth. They experience similar problems with us. They understand where we're coming from and all of these details. But I know that lots of men out there are still questioning the way life coaching helps them change their lives in significant ways. So if you would like to build a little bit upon this. Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. And I'm glad you asked it because it's a question I get asked a lot when people say, what do you do? And I say, I'm a life coach. And I say, well, what is that? And it's not an easy thing for us to articulate, right? Just a second, Mike, I want to add to that. When people ask me, what do you do for a living? And I'm saying, I'm a coach, you know, they would go, what sport? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've not had that one yet. I've not had that one yet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, when people ask me, what is it? There's many different kinds. For me, as I say to people, it's very hard for me to articulate what we do. Basically, like, I create a space Right. I'm not there to tell you what to do. I'm not there to say to you, this is what you've got to do. I'm not a guru. I'm not going to dictate to you what's right and what's wrong. I have no judgment of what you do. Look, you know, like it's no secret. I tell people this and I share it with my clients. Like, I don't have all my shit together. You know, I don't know how to be the perfect husband. I don't know how to be the perfect father, but I'm leaning more into that. And the more I lean into this, the less struggles I have with that. 
right? The less struggles I have with being a husband, with being a father, and my general struggles in things that come up in life, you know? I Exactly. So I kind of share that with people, but an analogy that I give, when people ask me, I'll just say, look, if me and you was to stand at the bottom of the shard, this is how I describe life coaching for me, is create a space for us to explore what's possible for you. What do you want to change? Where's the pain and suffering in your life? Where is it something you want to create? And imagine coachings like me and you are standing at the bottom of the shard in London. We're not going to see a great deal. We're going to see some buildings. We're going to see some trees. We're not going to see a great deal. Well, my job as a coach is to get in the lift with you, create space, and get you to see how you can shift up a level. See what's truly possible inside of you. And then I say, would it be fair to say by the time we got to the top of the shard, your vision of London would be a lot broader and wider and that's my job as a coach is to help you see and broaden your vision and what's truly possible for you in your life as a father as a husband as a businessman as an entrepreneur so again people fall into this i get people say you know is it counseling or you're going to tell me what to do with my life no it's not that it's creating a space for us to explore what you want what's right for you i don't know what's right for you i really don't know what's right for you I'm just there to explore what you want and what you want to create in the world. You are the only one who knows what's right for you. And the main distinction between coaching and teaching or having a guru and things like that is exactly what you said. This is about creating a space. I see coaching as a way to create a space for the client, which then the client is able to fill in with his purpose, his vision, his wants, his needs, his desires. But I am there to challenge what's possible for him. You know, when he has limiting beliefs, limiting blocks, when he doesn't have faith, when he loses his confidence, his self-confidence or his confidence in people or anything like that. Yeah. A simple thing for people that are listening is this coaching isn't always about showing people new stuff. I don't always see it's about, oh, you've got to learn something new or it's something new. Most of the time for me, how I see coaching is helping people to unlearn a lot of bullshit and a lot of crap that they've made up. Exactly. Or these masks that they've put on to protect themselves and come back to their true nature which is the thing that they're looking outside their self for this validation and all this and so most of the time it's just unlearning a lot of crap that we've learned along this journey of life you know all the bullshit rules that are there to actually constrain the way you see your world and we as coaches are not there to believe in our clients stories we're there to challenge them yeah yeah. And just quickly on that, like just in case it's a bit of a secret out there, like I have my own coach. I have my own coach that helps me to see through my bullshit and helps me to see through my limiting blocks as well. Yeah, same here. And I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. So I am constantly investing in things like this, in coaching, in masterminds or men's groups or anything that can help me stay focused and create the things that I want to create in my life. Yeah. Okay, Michael, as we are reaching the final part of the show, I would like to ask you a few more questions that will give the audience invaluable pieces of wisdom to help them on their journey. So are you ready for the fire round? Let's fire away, my friend. Let's fire away. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's the first question. If you were to recommend one book that every man must read, what would it be and why? I'm looking at my bookshelf now. And there are so many great books that I've read that have helped me. I'm also in the school of book, like what Trip said in one of your podcasts as well, where like, I'm not going to recommend a book. Yeah, I love that, right? <laughs> yeah, but I know. I'm going to break the rules if that's okay, because I like breaking the rules. And I'm going to recommend two if that's okay. Please. So I found by Michael Neal, The Inside Out Revolution is a great book. 
exploring about living life from the inside out. I love that. That really, I read that a lot of times. It was really transformational. And the book that I'm just finishing, but it is a really good book because I see a lot of men that struggle to be in present moment and calm their minds down. They're always rushing into the future. The book, the new book by Steve Chandler called Right Now, Mastering the Beauty of the Present Moment. Two books I would recommend are my personal favorites at the moment. I've been meaning to get that one. It's definitely on my list. Thank you. If you had the opportunity to talk to your 20-year-old self, what advice would you give him? What would you tell him to do differently? Especially with this perspective that you have working and studying constantly in this personal growth industry. <laughs> I think just what come up to me, I would think like at the time when I had like 16, 17 grand that I got and I just wasted it all on drink and drugs and then went bankrupt. So I think I'd go back and say to myself, look, stash the money under your bed and then go bankrupt and then you'd have had loads of money. <laughs> <That's> just... <laughs> but no, no, I'm just joking there. I just had a cheat, right? Um, do you know the honest truth? I've been asked this a lot and I don't think I would go back and say anything to myself because I embrace and embody all the mistakes that I made. And everything that happened back then for me was supposed to happen to get me to where I am now. And I'm a great believer in that. I don't think I would say anything to myself. I would just, if there was one thing, I would just say, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay. But I needed to experience all that to get me to where I am now. And I believe that. That is very powerful. <laughs> okay. And thank you for sharing that with us. Michael, this is the final question. I want to ask you to share a piece of advice that your father never got to tell you, or maybe he didn't know about being a man in today's world. I'm talking about information or advice that would have changed everything in your adult life, one that you will be sure to share with the future generations. So this is really interesting because I had an insight around this about four or five weeks ago when I was going up to participate in a men's group. And I didn't really have, my father wasn't there for me. He left at a very young age. He wasn't in my life. He kind of flitted back when he felt like it, very briefly. But my own real memories of my dad is sitting on the stairs, looking out the window, waiting for him to come and pick me up. He never used to pick me up. But this is what I would say that was really powerful for this, is my best teacher in the whole of my life has been my dad. Because what he is, how not to be a husband and how not to be a father. And it chokes me up. I get choked up with this because it's a big why of mine is about my kids and being there for my kids and embodying this work. Not to be someone that tells my kid that what they can and can't do, but our kids don't listen to what they say. They watch what we do. And to be a person of integrity and honesty. And, and I learned from my dad to do the complete opposite to what he done, to be a man of integrity and honesty to my children and be a person of my word and, and lean into this life and no matter whatever they go through in their life, just to be there, it'll be okay. You can get through this. So I guess that's been the best lesson with my dad ever saying much for me, my dad done for me. I love that. I really do. <laughs> okay, Michael, this has truly been a great episode. And before we say goodbye, I would like to ask you to tell us about the projects that currently excite you. And also, uh, where can people find you? I'm on Facebook. I've got a page, but next to my, my personal profile, that's where I do most of my stuff. I've got a website, michaelhilton.com. My name's spelt differently. Like my mum said she wanted me to be unique, but I just say to her that she couldn't spell. I just think that's crap. She couldn't spell. So my name's spelt M-I-C-H-E-A-L, not A-E-L. So it's michaelhilton.com. 
I'm a co-host on a podcast called Men on Form, uh, bringing a bit of humor and, and lightness to uh, personal development for men. And I'm also about to launch my The Extraordinary Fathers Project, where I'm going to be kind of interviewing and creating a Facebook group for men that want to level up their life as fathers and husbands that want to strive for excellence in their life. That's the project I'm really excited about at the moment. That's just come out, like it's kind of come through me the last few days of exploring for my coach. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I'll be looking forward to that. And also I will leave all the links in the show notes, guys. All right, Michael, thank you again for joining us today. And I hope to have you again on the Men's Dream Today podcast in the future. Absolute pleasure, my friend. I'm a big fan. I love what you're doing. I love your podcast. You're having great guests on there, man. Just keep on doing the work. It's beautiful. Thank you. And guys, till next time. Take care.